intended to speak this morning on we is greater than me. With this whole theme of better together. But on Monday morning, I had a change of heart during my devotion time. And I, I would have to say that this is probably, in my 25 years, probably one of the, what I consider one of the most important messages that I could share with the church body today. I know that as Pentecostals, we talk a lot about God's anointing. We pray for God's anointing on our lives. We pray for God's anointing on our ministries. We pray for God's anointing on our activities. We pray for God's anointing on everything. Because we realize that without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, without his power and presence, everything we do is useless. When we try to minister and do things on our own strength, when we try to minister and do things on our own abilities, in reality, what we're saying is, God, we're forgetting you. And you know what that is? That's humanism. When we try to minister and do things using our own plans and our own ideas because they're so great and worthy, forgetting God, you know what that is? That's idolatry. And when we do things our own way and we ignore God's way, my friends, that's rebellion. And 1 Samuel 15, 23 says that rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. When we think about the anointing, we desire it, we pray for it. Oh, how we long for it. But my question to you this morning is this. What is the anointing? We remember the words of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, thus saith the Lord. And we want God's spirit to anoint everything. But what is the anointing? How would you define the anointing? Well, let me just be kind of simple in giving you this definition of what the anointing is. The way I see it in Scripture, the anointing 
is a setting apart. It's a setting apart that God has declared something holy. When kings in Israel were appointed, what did the prophet do? The prophet would anoint the king. He would take a ram's horn filled with oil and poured over the king and it would run the oil would run down his head over his clothes that was symbolic that this man was set apart anointed declared holy for God's use same way with high priests when a high priest was selected they would anoint the high priest in the old testament the tabernacle its furniture, the furnishings, and all the utensils, before they could be used for God, the Bible says that they were all what? Anointed. With three in one oil. No. <laughs> What's the spray stuff we look for from hope? Uh, what is it? WD-40. Yeah, all, all, all the furniture, they were all spray. No. What's so interesting in Scripture, olive oil, but much more than olive oil, Jim. <laughs> Behave yourself. We have a guest here. In Exodus chapter 30, God gives a recipe for the oil that was to be used for the prophets and the priests to anoint with. And in looking at this recipe, I have found it so fascinating. Exodus chapter 30, verse 23. God says, take the following Fine spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much of fragrant cinnamon, 250 shekels of fragrant cane, 500 shekels of cassia, all according to the sanctuary shekel. And you take that and you mix it with a hen of olive oil a fragrant blend, the work of a perfumer. And it will be sacred. Some translations say, it will be holy. And this was the oil that was to be used. Now as we as Pentecostal people desire and talk about and want God's anointing to come upon us. I've looked at this recipe and I started to unpack and unfold because there's a lot of symbolism 
in this recipe that I believe God says, you want the anointing? Let me unpack this. First, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh. Now, most of us all know about myrrh because at the birth of Jesus, the three wise men brought frankincense, gold, and... Now, myrrh was a of spice that was used to bury people. So when Jesus was born... And they brought myrrh that was very prophetic to say that Jesus was born to die. Myrrh speaks of death. And what I believe the Lord is saying, you you want my anointing. Before I give you my anointing, there are some things that just... Need to die. (laughs) Hey, I don't. Some things that just need to die. Because you have to die to the old man. You have to die to that sinful nature. You you have to die to your own ideas, your own desires, your own wants. If, If you really want me. What did Paul say? Paul said this. I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. And I love the words that he wrote to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, where he says these words. I die daily. Now, I know, as well as you do, man, it's a struggle every day to die to our selfish ambitions and our selfish wants and our selfish needs and our selfish desires. But there's something important in desiring God where there has to be less of us in order for there to be more of him, for his anointing to be released. There's more I can say about death, but I think you understand. Secondly, cinnamon. Well, cinnamon was used for flavoring But cinnamon was also used for its smell. Now, confessions of a pastor. Every once in a while, after dinner, my sweet tooth doesn't get filled. And you're desiring maybe some ice cream or some cake or some type of sweets. And I know that if it's in the house, I'll eat it. But if it's not in the house, it's easier to deny yourself. So every once in a while, man, that craving will be so strong and there's nothing in the house. And you don't want to get in the car and go to ShopRite or to Dairy Queen, you know. So I'll go in the freezer 
I'll get a piece of Ezekiel bread. Anybody ever have Ezekiel bread? Put it in the toaster. Slab it with some butter and some cinnamon and sugar. And it seems to fill and satisfy the sweet tooth. What I found so interesting about cinnamon in the temple was that the sweet fragrance was very important because of all the animal sacrifices. If you don't think a dead animal smells, ask Rachel, who passed the church four times this week because we had a dead deer out in the woods. Now, when you have a deer that gets hit and it gets off the road, the county won't pick it up unless it's on the road. So guess what you have to do? You have to go and get it by its legs and drag it to the road. Hope it doesn't wink at you while you're dragging it. And get it out to the road. And, and what happened is I, <laughs> it was so funny. I told Hope, I said, call the police and tell her there's a deer that's out in the road. Well, before I get the chance to drag it out to the road, the cop had came already, called Hope and said, there's no deer in the road. <laughs> well, 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 the pastor is dragging it out. And, 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 and you know, she was thought she was going to be arrested. And I thought to myself, if that deer is not picked up by Sunday, and with this side door opening, I better go buy 10 boxes of cinnamon and and put it all around so we don't smell the carcass. Cinnamon, are you ready? Cinnamon speaks of sweetness. And if you want the anointing in your life, I believe the Lord is saying there needs to be a sweetness that accompanies my anointing. Wow. I wake up early Monday morning. I rush to the office because all that's on my mind is cleaning up from the water pipe break And it's time to remove some drywall so we can dry out, rip up the tiles so it can start drying out. And I'm rushing in the office, and all of a sudden, as I'm coming in the side door, all that's on my mind is getting everything ripped out so it can start drying up. What about me? Lord, you're right. I talk about how much time I love being on vacation, having extended devotion times. And I said, Lord, forgive me. And I took myself into my office, sat myself down. And I can't say I heard the audible voice of God. But I heard God impress upon my heart very carefully, very closely, this words. You can't allow the circumstances of life to get you bitter. Whoa! You can't allow the circumstances and the situations of life to make you hard. Remember when we had the potter here and he told us that when clay dries out, 
when the clay dries out, it's absolutely good for nothing. And how important it is that we stay pliable, sweet, before the master's hands, that we can't allow the events that are taking place in the world and the situations in the world to get us bitter and hard and crotchety. If you want my anointing, you gotta stay sweet. And I was like, forgive me, Lord. And I believe the sweetness talks about the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, let's, let's move on. I think you understand that, hey, we, the recipe for the anointing oil applies the same for us. Are you willing to die to yourself? Are you willing to have a, a sweetness about you, a, the fruits of the Spirit? Third, fragrant cane or sweet calamus. Now, I, I found this interesting because this is a spice that grows in miry soil. And in order to get the full fragrance of it, it has to be beaten. And the more you beat it, the more fragrant it is. Wow. And I'm thinking, well, how does this apply to the anointing? And immediately my mind went to James, where James says, Count it all joy when trials of many kind come. Trials of many kind. Count it all joy. Why are we to count it all joy? I don't know about you, but I don't find it pleasant when the trials come. But the Bible says, count it all joy when you face trials of many kind, because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its course so that you may be perfect and complete, mature, not lacking anything. And then I always remember Brother Fogel's great quote that God is more interested in character than comfort. And God allows the trials to come, the schools of hard knock, the difficult times, the, the so-called beatings, where our character is developed and through that trial, we still are able to give a, free, a, 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 a sweet fragrance to the Lord. Remember in Matthew, I think it's 25 or 26, the woman who came with expensive perfume. Perfume that was worth over a year's wage. And in order for her to anoint the head and the feet of Jesus, the alabaster box had to be 
broken. Whether it was the seal broken or whether the whole box was broken. And until that box was broken, until the seal was unbroken, the fragrance of that perfume would be trapped. And I'm, this is what I was sensing with the anointing. With the anointing, a lot of times, the sweet fragrance of the Holy Spirit is trapped in our lives until we are broken. And it's through the trials of life that God conforms our character and our image into the more of image of him, which becomes a sweet fragrance for God to release his anointing through us. So don't despise the school of hard knocks. I know every time we go through a difficulty, we're always like, Satan in the name of Jesus. But sometimes God allows Satan. Like he did Peter. Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that when you come through. Well, this next one I found real interesting. Cassia. 500 shekels of cassia. What I found so interesting about this spice is this is a plant that only grows 8,000 feet above sea level, at the elevation of 8,000 feet. So in order to get to Cassia, you got to climb at least 8,000 feet of elevation, which means it's a spice that grows on a mountain. Are you with me? As we desire the anointing, we always have to be climbing towards God. We always have to be rising to new heights. If we're not climbing more to God, we can become stale and stagnant. And I don't believe God will release his anointing on a stale and stagnant church. When I think about this spice that that grows at a higher elevation, I think of the times that, man, there are times that we get knocked down. You ever been knocked down? But I get up again. (laughs) I think that was a song, wasn't it? (laughs) And I tell you what, when you get knocked down, you got to get up and you got to start reaching for a new height. For as we reach the new height, God will release his anointing. Our walk, our journey with the Lord is one that is always progressing upward. Now you take all of that and the Bible says you, you mix it with a little hin of olive oil. Hello, somebody. Olive oil, oil in the Bible is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And this is the most important ingredient 
in the anointing oil. This is what we long for. This is what we need for. Because without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, everything we do is useless. So I started going over this in my mind. Myrrh, a daily dying to self. Hey, if he is Lord, allow him to be Lord. Don't allow the circumstances and the situations and the events. Don't allow it to get you to be grumpy, grouchy, a complainer, full of bitterness. But allow the sweet cinnamon, the Holy Spirit, to give you a sweetness and a grace in the midst of the events that are taking place. Calamus, in order to have the full fragrance released, man, you, you got to be better by the trials. Don't allow them to make you bitter. And when you get knocked down, keep pursuing your relationship by going higher with God. That, that all of a sudden, I, I see it mixed in with the Holy Spirit. God takes the good and the difficulties, and he mixes it with the third person of the Trinity of the Holy Spirit. And he produces within us a character. He produces in us an atmosphere for his anointing to be released. Now, for many, many years, for many years, I have always had an Old Testament concept of the anointing of the Spirit. Let me explain. All throughout the Old Testament, we read scriptures like this concerning Solomon, I mean concerning Samson. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power, so that he tore the line apart with his bare hands just like he would have torn a young goat. We read many times of how the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samuel. The Spirit of the Lord came. And I had this Old Testament concept that the anointing comes upon us. But do you realize, as New Testament Christians, the anointing is already in us? John said it this way, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. It's in us. And it's not so much praying it's good that we pray for the anointing of God's Spirit, but we don't want to pray that it comes upon us. I believe we need to pray that the Spirit is released. The anointing is released from us because it's already in us. And when that Holy Spirit mingles with a humble self, oh, I'll tell you what, talking about humbling selves, Tuesday night, I came for prayer for our country, and Judy Amorsky does such a wonderful job. 
there were 10 of us here. And I, I, Tara, you were here. It was awesome. Praying for the needs of our country. And Judy started that whole prayer with Second Chronicles. If my people. It's a choice. We choose. If. That's a choice. We said it last week. If is a choice. If my people shall what? Humble themselves. And in my thinking that, that morning, I, uh, that, that, that night, I was thinking of my devotions for Monday morning and the recipe of humbling is a dying. When the Holy Spirit that lives within us unites with a humbled heart, unites with a humbled self, unites with a character that's willing to die to its old nature. And through the events of life, we remain sweet, full of grace, full of the fruit of the Spirit. And as we allow ourselves to go through the difficulties and the trials of life that perfect our character, and as we seek to climb higher to God when when. When the Holy Spirit takes union with that type of character inside, there is an anointing that is released that I believe Jesus referred to. Streams of living water will flow from us. And those streams of living water, I I think of the prophecy in Ezekiel that talked about the river that flowed from the temple of God. We are the temple of God. And do you know what it says in that prophecy? It says in that prophecy that whatever that water went, whatever touched that water, it brought life. I believe there's an anointing in all of us that needs to be released. That's like a river that flows from within. And wherever that river goes, everything it touches, it brings life. You know what that is, folks? That's revival. And I'm praying that through these events that are taking place, God has allowed all this for a reason. It's not coincidental. If I serve a God who's in control of all things, God is aware of all things taking place in the world right now. And I believe in one moment he can speak it all away. But if he's allowed it, could it be that he's breaking us, molding us, humbling us, allowing us to die to ourselves? Allowing us to become sweeter instead of bitter. Conformed into his image. Getting knocked down but getting up again. All to create an atmosphere. Mingled with his Holy Spirit. To release the greatest anointing this country has ever seen. Oh, we need it, Lord. 
We need it. Pastor Bonnie, you can come. In order for a king to be anointed, an animal had to die. In order for the coming of the Holy Spirit, Jesus had to die. Unless I go away, the comforter will not come. If my people who are called by thy name will humble themselves Lord in this recipe for the anointing oil God I see the symbolism that exists in the atmosphere in which you release your anointing from us Lord, don't help me from getting bitter. Help me be from becoming hard hearted, grumpy. Negative, complaining. But help my life to be sweet cinnamon, liquid myrrh, sweet smelling calamus. And a spice that grows at 8,000 elevation, feet elevation, cassia. God, during this time, may all that mingled with the Holy Spirit that lives within release an anointing, release a river, release a stream that was prophesied about that everywhere it goes, it brings life. Would you just stand to your feet for a moment? Oh, we bless your name. We bless your holy name. Lord, I ask that you would release your favor, your power, your might upon your people. Oh Lord, align ourselves with the recipe you set before us, mingled with the Holy Spirit for literally life to pour out of us. Think of that word, if. It's all a choice. If. 
We can choose to be bitter instead of better. We can choose to be hard instead of soft. We can choose to think we know it all instead of God knowing it all. Jesus. I just, boy, I'm just, listen, there's such a nice breeze blowing here. And I'm just sensing there's there's no formal closing this morning. And I'm just sensing that if you need to get to this altar to realign, to renew, to restart, to confess, to repent. Maybe you just want to come to this altar just in an act of Pastor, I'm with you, man. I know that Pastor Bonnie will be here for a while just playing quietly. Maybe we have a little time of worship. But if you need to leave, please ask you to leave quietly. Those who want to come to this altar, would you just come now? You can, you can kneel at the front row. You can kneel at the altar. can we partake of some liquid myrrh? Can we ask some cinnamon to be sprinkled upon us? Can we ask for the calamus to be crushed and broken that there might be a sweet fragrance about us? And maybe you want to come to this altar just to climb higher with him this day. Oh, we bless your name. We exalt you, Lord. We glorify. We glorify your name.